Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Glory to God, glory to God. It's good to have everyone with us, even, even a few extra faces here. It's so, uh, it's so lovely. It's almost, man. I mean, this is like this is like better than when we even started church. Like, you know, this is, praise the Lord. It's a, it's lovely. Welcome to church in the barn. Hallelujah. Amen. Where you can wear boots and smell the cows, but it is good anyway because the Holy Ghost loves to move in this house just like He does in our house down in Dundalk. But listen, church, amazing news as y'all been seeing. If y'all been paying any attention to Facebook, we got one more week. One more week until we start our service there in Derry City. So I'm telling you, church, pray with us, step in, believe God with us, because uh, we're you know believing for some amazing things to launch. At the same fire, you know, that's been planted on the inside of, of the people here in this church, it'll just be like a torch handing it off to that to that city up there, and uh, and we can watch God move, watch God change things, Amen. Watch God, uh, watch God do what He wants to do, what He does best, and and we get to hold on and have fun with it, Amen. But with that, with that, be believing God with us that we are going to be going back to our Dundalk church, our Dundalk building, as much as we do like it here. It's not home, amen. Home is, home is back in Dundalk, so we, so we are excited to be, uh, to be there. We're believing God to, to come there the first week in May is what we're believing for. So we need you guys to believe God with us on those things. And listen, listen, when I say these things, you got, you got to hear me when I say we, we're believing God for these things. It's not, it's not that we're, we're sitting back and we're, and we're believing God or having the human kind of faith like, oh, well, when the government says oh, it'll be good, then it'll be fine. Or oh, we'll believe it when we see it. When it comes to pass, we'll be able to show back up. Listen, that's not faith. That's not how we operate in this church. We operate in the God kind of faith. Amen. His kind of faith operating through us because we operate in Jesus's faith and everything that we do. So, so get hooked up with us. Amen. Get hooked up with us because I'm telling you guys, we got we have been studying these things. Jesus is living on the inside of us. We have, we have the ability to operate in what he has. We can operate in his goodness. Amen. And then what does the word say about that? Then the prayers of the righteous men and women, they avail much. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, prayer is not a waste of time. Amen. You know, believing God is not a waste of time. The prayers of the righteous men and women, they avail much. They avail much. Then you go to John 5, 15, and it says, and we know that if he hears us, if we know that he hears us, amen, does God hear us? Amen, when we speak, when his children speak, it says, if he hears us, amen, whatsoever things we ask, whatever petition that we're, that we're laying up to him, we get those desires. Why? Because he's the one that's placed those desires on the inside. So I'm telling you, prayer is not a waste of time. We need to jump into those things. We need to begin to believe God for it. John 16, 23 says, Whatsoever things you ask, Jesus saying, Whatsoever things you ask the Father in, in my name, He's going to do it for you. Church, why in the world don't, don't we pray? Why in the world is a prayer meeting the, the smallest meeting that the church has? Amen, because we don't believe what the Word says. Amen? We, we, we haven't gotten that place of communion with, with, the, with the Lord to the, to the fact that we actually believe everything that He's spoken in His Word comes to pass comes to pass. I'm telling you, if you actually believe that, you'd be, you'd be hooking up with them quite consistently. And I'm not just talking about prayer meetings. I'm talking about our own personal, our personal time in prayer. These things ought to be important. Amen. This is, a, this is that place where we're singing that song where we get intimate with him, where we can get at his feet. Listen, you, you want to hear his voice. People, oh, I, just, I just need to learn how to hear, by, be led by the Spirit. I want to know the Spirit. Listen, you can't learn to be led by the Spirit until you, you spend time with him. Amen. You can't know my personality and how I deal with things unless you spend time with me. Amen. You can't know your wife or your husband's personalities, how they like to do things, unless what? Unless you spend time with them, seeking them out, seeking to know them. Amen. And this is what we're coming to do. Amen. I mean, I, I can hear this as, I, as I'm saying that, uh, that we're believing God for this to happen, and I guess that's two weeks now, is it? You know, uh, you know I, I made that statement, what, in April? Maybe it was the end of March or early part of April that, that we're believing God that the church will be open back up in April. You say, well, well, pastor, you know, we, I heard you say those things. You know, we're believing God. You know, you're believing God and, and nothing happened. You know, you know, what's the crack with that? What, what's happening? Is it, is it just a waste of time? I'm telling you, no, it's not a waste of time. Listen, church, you know, we are in church. 
I, I am in church. I say this to the people, I guess, that are, that are online here. We are in church. We're believing God. Listen, I'm in church a minimum probably three days a week, sometimes four days a week we're having church with, with prayer meetings, you know, the meetings with my children and so on and so forth. We're in church. Amen. But my desire is that we come together as a family, that, we, that you get to sit on this corporate anointing. You get to sit under, under the word of God. You get to allow Jesus to change you, you know, gathering together before, you know, as these days draw nigh, as the end of days are coming nearer, that we get, to, we get to be in that place together. Amen. But listen, listen, I can't believe God for you. Amen. Listen, I, I, somebody, someone needs to hear these things today because I'm telling you, church, I can't believe God for you. I'm in these things. I'm desiring these things for you. But see, if you're not believing God for these things, they're not going to happen. They're not going to happen. Why? Because I can't get in agreement with someone that doesn't want something. Amen. And that goes for any of us in here. When we go, we go to, and we're praying for things. Listen, it's just throwing up empty words if we can't come into agreement. So I need you to get into agreement. I need the church. I need our body to get into agreement. I need them to begin pressing in for the things of God. And listen, you will see the government's change. Amen. We don't need to go picketing. We don't need to go out and start being nasty to the government and, and the guards and the cops or everything else. No, we just need to be believing God. It's as simple as that. This changed Rome. This is how Rome got changed. To where under Constantine, it became a Christian nation. It, was, it wasn't because the church was pushing back with everything they had, and they went and fought with swords and, and picketed and, and did things that were against what the government wanted. Now, no, that, that's actually not scriptural. Amen. What did they do? They pressed in. They pressed in. They believed God. They had their services. They were believing. They came into agreement. And I'm telling you, it changed the people that were in the room. And then it began to change the people they came in contact with. And then it became, it changed their neighbors and changed their cities and changed their cities. It changed the nation. When it changed the nation, it changed an empire. Amen. To where one of the emperors rose up and said, you know what? This is, only, this is the way we're going to worship in this land from here on out. Amen. It came from a people believing God. You know, it may have cost them their life, but they believed God. You know, they, it, may have, it may have cost them some of their financial prosperity, you know what, but they're believing God. Amen. And what did it do? It changed the world. It changed the world. Church, this, this is the place we have, to, we have to get into. We need to start believing God for these things. It's as easy as that. Amen. It's as easy as that. God did... God is not sitting back waiting to say no when you pray. He's not even waiting to sit back and say maybe when you pray. I'm telling you, when we pray and we pray scriptural prayers in line with the word of God and the desires that he's placed in our heart, all things is what 1 Corinthians says. All things are in him or yea. And in him, amen to the glory of God by, by us, by us. By us coming to agreement with what his word says, by us coming to agreement with the spirit of God is speaking to us. When we say those things, everything we pray out is, a, is I'll do it. Everything we pray is, amen. Everything is prayed, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. I just need you to get into agreement with me. I just need you to get in agreement with me. Everything in him is yes and in him, amen. By the glory of God in us, by us, by us coming into agreement with him. I'm telling you, church, these are, these are some of you know, the basic doctrines of Christ that we need to grab a hold of because this, this will change your life forever. It'll, it'll change your life forever. Amen. Now listen, if you, haven't, uh, if you haven't gotten to this place that we've been talking about, I'll exhort, I'll, I'll exhort you again. Let me spit that out. I'll exhort you again, amen. And we've been this, in this place of quarantine. If you, haven't, if you haven't found a new depth in the things of Jesus, I'm telling you, you've missed out on something. You've missed out on something. If you've used this time of isolation and not, not working at your job as much as you normally have or whatever, if, you, if you've used that time of isolation to, be, to become a Netflix binger or something like that, listen, church, I'm telling you, you missed out on something. You missed out on something because I'm telling you, the things that the adversary brought forth, Jesus, our Lord, our God, our Father, was, was coming to make it and turn it into something good for us. He was trying to capture us to, to where we could have some extra time sitting at his feet for the amazing revival that's about to take place. 
Amen. I'm not talking about the revival that's already been started, that's already been lit in this house. I'm talking about the, the revival that's going to spread across the nations. Amen. He's, he's trying to get us prepared for those things. He's trying to correct a foundation on the inside of us. I'm telling you, I'm thankful for it. Church, his presence, glory to God, I'm telling you, his presence will absolutely change you if you allow it. You say, well, I don't know about that. Well, it's because you've probably never been in his presence. You've never recognized his presence. I mean, his, his presence will absolutely change you. His presence will change you. I'm telling you, it'll change you forever. I'm a witness in it, and I can look around this room, and I'm, I, can, I can start counting off the witnesses of, of his presence that literally changed people. To, you don't even recognize them anymore. You don't even recognize them anymore. And I'll say it to the people that aren't here. Hey, man, when you come back into this house, you may not recognize some of the people. I mean, so there's been some change and that's, that's taken place in this house. There's people that have gotten so lit, I'm telling you, they look like completely different people. I mean, they, they kind of they made themselves into be one of those, you know, what, what do you call it? Jesus freaks. You know, some of the fanaticals. You know, all those words that the world uses as derogatory towards the church, but in all reality, all that is is they're people that become intimate. They become intimate, and now they've separated themselves, and they don't look a whole lot like you anymore. Amen? But I'm telling you, church, that's not, that's not a bad thing. It's not something you need to run away from. What you need to do is get a, get a lasso like we have in Texas and rope one of those people that have it and allow them to drag you. I don't care if it's kicking and screaming. Let them drag you into the presence of God because it will change you. It will change you if you allow it to happen, if you, if you will push, if you will, if you will you know, seek out for him. I'm telling you, these things will help you. you know, pe- these people will help you. Amen? But see, I think we have a problem. We see people pressing into the things of God. We tend to get irritated with them, right? Because they're doing something I'm not. Now, now I, I'm sorry getting irritated. You know, when me and my wife... We were married for uh, several years and things you know, started kind of going nuts, if you will, for a lack of a better word, but going crazy in, in our household where we were going completely different directions. I was, I was looking for power, authority, money. You know, I, I, I was going off in that direction, and I got so distant from her that she started, the only thing she knew to do, because she grew up in the church, was to go press into the things of God. I mean, she started pressing into the things of God, getting people to come into agreement with her. And I'm telling you, when she, when she started going that direction and I was going another direction, I'm telling you, it brought even a greater strife in our marriage. You say, it didn't fix it? <laughs> no, it didn't, it didn't fix anything. I mean, it brought, it brought a greater strife, a, a greater division because, because of one simple thing. I wasn't yielded to there yet. I didn't, I didn't want there, but I wanted what she had, but how dare she get that before me? Yeah, how dare she, she have something that I don't have? I don't know, I don't even know how to get there, but I know she has something I don't have. It becomes like a, a spiritual jealousy, if you will, right? There's a spiritual jealousy that can take place. Now listen, jealousy is not a bad thing. You know, thank God, you know, in James chapter four, verse five, it says that he is a, he is a jealous lover seeking after us. I'm telling you, our God's jealous for us. See, when we, when, we use, when we use jealousy in the form of love, listen, that's good. I'm telling you, I have a wife. She's protective you know, of me. Why? Because she's jealous of me. Because she loves me. Not jealousy that turns into envy or covetousness. Amen? Because I'm telling you, those will get you in trouble. That will get you into the position where you begin to push away because how dare you get something that I don't have. Listen, church. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> If you, don't, if you don't understand what I'm talking about right now, I'm telling you, just get, just get around some of these people that are lit. Listen, but don't, don't think they're strange now. Don't think they're weird. Listen, grab a rope and try to put your hand in their hip pocket and get them as close as you can to them because, listen, they'll, they'll pull you into the presence of God if you'll, if you'll permit it. Amen? They'll make you hungry for the things of God. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for the people around here. And I'm thankful for the move of God that he is doing because it is, it is changing things. Amen? I believe this is why God's been leading us along these lines and these teachings that we've been doing about intimacy and being in him. Amen. I'm telling you, God is trying to correct a foundation of religiosity in the church. And not necessarily just in our church, but I'm talking about in the church in general. Amen. Trying to, trying to correct that foundation of a religiosity to where, we, to where we're not just believing God to, because, you know, the word says to do it or because this person says to do it, but, but we, we believe everything he said, has to say because we're so intimate with him. Amen. Yeah, I'll go there, Lord. And, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, 
he says, be not, be, be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts bad manners. Any of y'all know that verse? Evil communications, or that's how the King James says it, a better way of saying that is evil company corrupts bad manners. Meaning, what we put ourselves around, what we, what we allow to, to be in our, in our inner circle or that we put ourselves subject to, we become like it. Amen. We become like these things. Let, let me read this in the, in the Passion Translation because I wrote this down because I think it's good. It says, so stop fooling yourselves. Evil companions will corrupt good morals and character. Come back to your right senses and awaken to what is right. Repent from your sinful ways. Change your way of thinking from those sinful ways. For some have no knowledge of God's wonderful love. You should be ashamed that you made me come to write you in this fashion. Amen. Listen, church, if we desire, if we desire to be like the world, let's just be, let's just be honest when we say that. If we desire to be like Satan and his kingdom, Amen. If we desire to have the lust of, of this world, if we desire to have the, the possessions and all the things that the world has to offer, if you desire to have those things and you're not, and you don't desire the things of the church, amen, you know what's going to happen? You're going to wear that garment. You're going to look just like it. You're going to look like the world. I'm, now, you may have Jesus living on the inside of you, but you're not going to look like it. You're not going to emit that, that fragrance. You're not going to emit his light coming out on the inside of you. Why? Because you're covering it up with what you desire to be like, and that's the world. But listen, if you desire to be like Jesus... If you desire to be like his church, if you desire to be like his word, the, what he has called us to be, amen, you'll, you'll slide that on. You'll look just like him in everything that you do. Amen. See, the garment of this world, the garment, the hypocrisy of the world, that garment that, that, we're, that we're trying to, because why do I say it's hypocrisy? Because it's not who you are. Amen. For us to be born again on the inside but live like the world, I'm telling you, church, that's hypocrisy. I mean, it's unreal. It's a counterfeit. It's you trying to pretend to be something that you're actually not. And see, this is what we're going through in these teachings. We're going to teach you who you actually are. Amen. So why? You can begin to act like it. Amen. To where we can begin to, to walk in it. And when we walk in it, the things are going to be able to change around us. People will begin to change. Amen. Because if you want to look like Jesus, put them on. Put them on. Just don't allow them to be, just don't allow that light to be on the inside. I mean, allow that, that light to emit from every pore from you. Have him on in everything that we do. Put him on murder. Murder that man that you used to be. Allow him to be buried and be resurrected back into life in him, wearing him in everything that we do. How do we do those things? We, we talked about it. How, how do we see ourselves? Amen. How do, you, how do you see yourselves when you, when, you, when you look at yourself, when you picture yourself? How, how do we see ourselves? Amen. We talked about this last week in Galatians 2.20, right? That I am crucified with Christ. Do you see yourself as crucified with Christ? I'm crucified with Christ and I, uh, and I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am crucified with Christ. Now listen, I, I am alive, but, but it's not me that's alive anymore. It's Christ that's living on the inside of me. Living his life on the inside of me. When we get reborn, listen, you're not living your life anymore. You don't, you don't live your life anymore. It's him living his life through you is what the word says. He lives his life through you. You're now co-laborers. He's living his life through you. Now you can begin to operate in his faith. You can begin to move mountains, believe in God, allowing things to, to be blown out, 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 of your, out, out of your path, anything that's stopping you or slowing you down. I'm telling you, church, this, this is what the word's talking about. This, this is who we are. Jesus says, listen, if you'll die to yourself, I'll live in you. I'll live through you. I'll live through you. Because it's no longer I that live, but it's he that lives within me. Hmm. Listen, church, I think it's absolutely amazing that we get to operate in his faith, in the faith of our Lord, the faith of Jesus. We get to operate in his faith and not our natural faith. Now, what does that mean? That doesn't mean that you, you, get, to, that, uh, you get to operate in his faith because you have, you've ticked every box, you've, you have crossed every T and dotted every I. That's not, that's not what that's talking about. Listen, when we, get to, when we get to become so intimate and one in union with him, listen, you can't believe anything else for what he has to say. 
I'm telling you, everyone around you can say, man, those, those chairs are gray, those chairs are gray, those chairs are gray. But if Jesus tells you, you know what? No, they're not. They're purple. You know what? You ought to believe that it's purple over what anything else that the world has to say, what anything else that anyone else has to say. We got to get to that, that place, that place of intimacy, that, that anything he says, that we trust it and we believe it. Amen. That it becomes a reality to us. Because I'm telling you, the world will fill you full of a bunch of rubbish that is not real. It's fake. It's counterfeit. Amen. But we, as, a, as the church, we be, it seems like we begin to believe more what the world has to say. Why? Because everyone else believes it. Listen, I don't care what everyone else believes. Amen. We care what Jesus says. We care what he believes. This is why I say sickness and disease, it, it has no place in the body of Christ. Well, you don't know. I don't care about so-and-so. I don't care about Mr. and Mrs. I don't care about any of those things. I care what Jesus says. I care what the Word says. And these are the things that we're going we're gonna to grab a hold on and begin to move on into. Amen? But do you see yourself on the cross? Do you see yourself crucified with Him? You say, well, well, I see myself now from last week's message. I see myself crucified with Christ. Well, now, church, we've got to see ourselves buried with Him. I mean, you got to see that old man buried down in the ground, buried in the tomb, buried in a casket with himself. Now, now listen, as I, as I was you know, meditating on these things, as I was preparing the message, I, I was sitting there talking with the Holy Ghost, and I was like, you know, you know Lord, you know, it's not like this is figuratively. And he said, what, you know, what you, and he, he stopped me and said, what are you talking about? You know, I said, well, well I, I don't mean it in a figurative sense. And he goes, no, it is a figurative sense. It's exactly, exactly a figurative sense. Now, now, when I say that and when he said it to me, it's not, it's not like we need to go build a cross in our backyard and jump up on the cross or we need to build a big box and get in the box and, and, and put our, ourselves six feet under in the ground. That's, that's not what he's saying. But remember, remember what we said last week. We need to begin to see things through the lens of the Spirit and not through these carnal eyes that we have. When we start speaking, we start reading the Word of God, seeing this revelation that Paul has had that the Holy Ghost gave to him. Listen, you can't understand these things by a lot of your natural intellect. You've got to allow your spirit to teach your mind these things. You've got to see it first with your spirit. Allow it to get nailed. Not a good word there. Allow it to get solidified on the inside of you. Amen. To where what? To the rest of your body, your mind and your body begin to operate in it. Amen. We got to not only get crucified with him, church, we got to die with him. See, if we can't get crucified, then we can't, then we can't get buried. Excuse me. If we can't get buried, you'll never get resurrected. Amen. And resurrected is where we need to be living right now. But we have to see ourselves crucified. We have to see ourselves buried with him. Amen. We got to see things with our spiritual eyes. We have to see things with our spiritual eyes. Get, get out of the flesh. You know, You know Anita here. You know I. Yeah, I'm. A, let me brag on her for a minute. You know she's. You know she's gotten to this place of, of, a, of a real depth and, and some intimacy and getting to really know some of the things of God. And I'm telling you, I've, I've been very impressed with with some of the things I've hear and some of the things that come out of her mouth. But listen, if y'all haven't noticed, maybe you haven't noticed online. But but if you haven't noticed, she doesn't wear glasses anymore. She's not wearing glasses anymore. You say, why is that? Because the, the optometrist said she don't have to wear glasses now? No. No, that's not why. It's because Jesus said she doesn't have to wear them. Now, that's not being critical on anyone else that wears glasses. But listen, she got into that place of intimacy, got into the place of the word where Jesus said, listen, I, I, I've healed you. I've healed everything in your body. Now just allow those things to be a release. Believe me that, that these things have been healed in you. Amen. And it, and it will be done. So what does she say? You know what? I, I trust what he says. I trust what he spoke right here more so than what the world told me, more so than what the doctor told me, more so than what any other person. I don't care if they tell me I'm crazy. I don't care if I take them off and I can't see anything. It's done. I know what the word says, and I'm going to be able to see it. And I haven't seen her wear glasses since. Why? Because she wasn't, she wasn't looking through things with these carnal eyes. She put on the lenses of Jesus and started looking through the way Jesus. And you know what Jesus says? You're the healed of God. He says, you, you don't have to have those. Don't, you don't waste your money on that anymore. You are the healed of God. All you got to do is take off your glasses. All you got to do is take them off and begin to stand in faith. I'm telling you, our God is that good. Our God is that good, church. But do we believe it? Amen. I'm telling you, that, see, some of these things will challenge us. It, it, why? Because many times we're looking through the things of carnal eyes instead of the things of the Spirit. We need to look through the correct lenses, amen, if we want God to be operating in our lives in, in the fashion that He desires to. Amen. Because I'm telling you, He has some good things for us. If we'll just yield to Him. 
if we'll just yield to him. Amen. Ha, hallelujah. The only way we're going to be able to get to these places, church, is if you see yourself as a dead man. <laughs> because a dead man that's buried in the ground, you can't look through those carnal things anymore. The dead man don't operate in the flesh anymore. Amen? The guy on the cross, now he, he's still alive, but see, when you get buried and you're dead and you're put into the ground, listen, that, that person can't live anymore. You know? The old things of the past, they, they can't live anymore. And this is where Jesus is wanting us to get. Listen, I, I'll say this a hundred times. You'll probably hear me say it a million times more. Church, we are not what that dead man was. You are no longer a sinner saved by grace. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is what the Word says. We need to get away from who we think we are, who we thought we were, what religion has told us who we are, amen, and begin to operate through the lenses of the Spirit. Amen? Be able to operate through what the Word of God has to say. But listen, church, it is an absolute choice. See, this is where it gets difficult. Oh, I just want God to do it. No, no, God's already done it. It's, it's your choice. It's your choice. What do you want to grab a hold of? What do you want to receive? What do you want to operate in your life? Because it's all sitting out there for you. It's all sitting out in, on the inside of you. Amen? We just got to release it into our flesh. We got to release it into our mind. We got to release it into the world around us. Amen? The things that he's placed on the inside of us. Remember, church, everything in the kingdom is an inward and an outward flow. He pours things in you so you can pour it out. Amen? Pour it out to your flesh. Pour it out into the world. Pour it out to anything you come in contact with. Amen? Amen? Because I tell you, if we're, if we're reborn, if you're reborn, you've been made completely new. See, I think we, we say that in our circle so many times, just like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I under, I've heard that verse a million times, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. I've heard that, but listen, do we, do we actually believe that? Do you, do you see yourself as crucified? Do you see yourself as, as buried in the ground and now resurrected in his life, being made completely new, being made in union with him? Because I'm telling you, something will take place on the inside of you. Now, listen, your mind may not change, I mean, you've got to renew that with the Word of God. Your mind may be yeah, acting stupid and, and bad thoughts may be coming sometimes. Listen, you, got, you, you can renew those things with the mind of God, get with spiritual leadership. But, you know, I'd love to correct those things on the inside of you, amen. But in our bodies, you know, bodies may not get changed, right? You still look, if you're, you know, if you're skinny when you got saved, you know, you're going to be skinny when you get, if you're, if you're a heavy set when you got saved, listen, it's not going to go poof and you're going to shrink up. No, you're going to, you know, you're still going to be the same person. You know, I had the same beautiful hair when I, when I got saved after, you know, it never didn't change. I didn't automatically have tomorrow's hair coming on my head. Amen. That's not the way things work. But listen, it's something that takes place on the inside of you that makes a complete change. And listen, if you don't recognize that change on the inside of you, I'm telling you, it hadn't taken place. See, I've had so many people come to me and listen, Pastor, man, I've prayed, I've prayed the salvation prayer like a hundred times. You know, I mean, what, do, you, do you think I'm saved? No. That's my answer. No, you're not. Well, what, I mean, how many times I got to, listen, if you're going to have to ask me if you're saved, you're not. And why? Because a change takes place on the inside of you. A rebirthing. Listen, you may look the same, talk the same, but I'm telling you, a change takes place on the inside of you, and it will begin to change you from the inside out. Amen? Because we have been made new. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's, let's go to Romans 6. Let's go to Romans 6 here. Now, we use these verses here in Romans 6. I use them for water baptism when, I, when, we, when we preach on water baptism. So I'm not going to go that direction today. But, but uh, you say, well, why, why do we use them for water baptism? The, 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 reaction, the actuality of what Romans 6 is about is actually what takes place on the inside of us, on the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And that is what water baptism signifies. Amen? Now, listen. I'm not belittling water baptism at all. Water baptism is absolutely powerful. And it's powerful. If you've never been water baptized, and I'll say that to anyone that's online there too, if you haven't been water baptized or you didn't know because you got baptized as a little kid and didn't, didn't know about it or as an infant or, or maybe you just you know, started rededicating your life back to the Lord and you want to get water baptized again, listen, church, we'll do those things here in June or July. Grab a hold of it. Come, come out with us. It's a great time that uh, we have out on the, on the beach there in, in, uh, on the uh, Cooley Peninsula. And it, it'll be a great time. And you need to do these things 
because there is, there is power that takes place on the inside of it. You know, people have gotten healed. People have, have, have spoken tongues. There's, a, there's a amazing great things that can happen in water baptism. But, but why is that? Because it's a reflection of what has taken place on the inside of us. It allows us to submit ourselves to what is taking place on the inside of us. Amen? But listen, yeah, before I go there, listen, listen, we talk about miracles a lot in this church. Why? Because miracles happen. <laughs> miracles happen in this church, but, but we, we believe God for miracles, and you've got to believe God for miracles to take place. But listen, the greatest miracle that ever takes place, church, is someone coming out of darkness and into life, someone coming out of death and coming into life. That, that is the greatest miracle. Listen, I've seen some amazing things happen. I've seen tumors shrink underneath my hands and disappear. I've, I've, I've seen legs grow out. I've seen, you know, flus. People have, that are burning hot with fever instantly, instantly disappear. Laid hands on someone having a heart attack, and it, it was instantly gone. I mean, we've had amazing things. Even our daughter had, had, you know, we've been looking through some pictures, and, you know, you forget some of these things because there's so many miracles that take place, you know, around us. Why? Because we believe God for them. But she had a paralysis that was, that was crazy on, on, one, on half. Or on half of her face, and, it, and it's gone. You know, I mean, why? Because this is our God that we serve. I'm saying all those amazing things that God has done, there's, there's nothing greater. There's nothing greater than, than seeing somebody, seeing their countenance change, seeing the, the life of Jesus come on the inside of them, and it completely change them from the inside. I'm telling you, it's the greatest miracle. It's the greatest miracle that has ever been taking place. Listen, and, and listen, church, I, I think we forget about those things sometimes. You know, especially in a church like this, that we're, we're believing God for amazing things to happen. Listen, that is the greatest miracle. We need to fight for that. Amen? Why? Because, see, we can, we can be fighting for that for our neighbors. We can be fighting that for our brothers and sisters. We can fight for that for, for the people that are walking down the street. We can fight for that in the, in the person that is, you know, that, 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 that God-hater. That, 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 you know, we, we need to fight for these things because these things are amazing. This is what God's hunting after. Amen? Healing is just the bonus. Amen. But, but eternity is forever. Hallelujah. In, uh, in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Here we go today. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may, may flourish in our lives? Oh, man, I'll speak to you today, guys. I'll speak to each and every one of you. Because many of us, you know, that, that have had this false teaching on grace, amen, that has this idea that, you know, whatever I do, it's going to be grand. It's, it's all good. You know, I don't need to show up at church. It's fine. You know, if I just watch a little bit of porn, God's not mad. It's okay. You know, if I get a little bit tipsy every night, man, it's, 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 no, it's no bother. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're absolutely wrong. Can I say that again to you today? You're absolutely wrong. You say, why is that? I'm not saying that God's looking for a way to punish you. I'm not saying he's looking for a way to take salvation away from you. That's, that's not what we're talking about. But I'm telling you, God gets furious when we allow any wedge that comes in between us. I'm telling you, he is jealous for you. He is jealous for your love. He's jealous for your attention. He's jealous for your intimacy. He's jealous for you to spend time with him and press in with him. I'm, not, I'm telling you, church, when you allow anything to come in the middle of that, I'm telling you, he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. Just like we don't like it when we allow anything to come in between our loved ones. I'm telling you, you know, God does not like anything to come in between him. And that is what sin does. Amen? Sin's not sending us to hell. Amen? Not after you get saved. Sin's not sending, sending you to hell. Amen. But it will completely separate you from the things of God. Amen. I'm telling you, God does not enjoy those things. He does not, uh, he does not like it. He's not. Hmm. God is not scared of your sin. Let me, let me try to say this correctly here. God is not scared of your sin. Amen. You say, well, what, how, what do you mean by that? Well, when, when Adam sinned in the garden, what's the first thing that God did? He ran after him. He came after him. He came hunting after him. Why? Because something just instantly separated him from God. And he said, I'm going after my man. I'm going after my woman. Because something just, something just came in between us. And I, and I, I can't sense them anymore. There's, there's, there's something that got separated from us. I'm, I'm going after him. That, that's our God. 
Amen. That's our God. I'm telling you, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm telling you, if we get our place in sin, he's coming after you. Not because he's trying to punish you, because he wants you. He doesn't want anything else to take a hold of you. It's nothing to take your attention. He says in verse 2, now, I'll go back to verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer in it? If we, if we have died under this thing called sin, under this nature that's called sin, how in the world can you live into something that you're dead to? That nature's been stripped from you. You've been made alive in Christ. It's, it's been taken from you. How can we live into something that we're dead to? You say, well, well, God gives us grace, man. That's a, you know, we, can, we can do whatever we want. It's good. No, he gave us grace to empower us to where we can be separated, to where, to where that sin nature, we don't go pulling it up out of the grave. We have the grace, his empowerment, that we can keep our foot on the grave, keep our foot on the adversary, keep our foot on anything he tries to oppress us with. This is what his grace is for. I mean, it's his, it's his, it is his empowerment to empower you. But listen, church, we're going to have to stop looking for things that satisfy our flesh. Amen. We're going to have to stop looking for things that, that, that help us to, to be the, the most minimalistic Christian we can be, yet spend eternity with him. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even understand that. I don't even understand that. How you cannot enjoy the things of the kingdom of God here on this earth, but we want to spend eternity with, in heaven with the Father. How can that be? Oh, you know, those tongues and interpretations. Of tongues. I mean, how, I can't believe those things are so old-fashioned. That, 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 that's no good. No, no, church, that's the kingdom. This is the culture of the kingdom. You know, oh, well, people don't like that. It doesn't matter what the world likes. I'm telling you, this is the culture of the kingdom. I mean, these are the things that are going to happen in eternity. Oh, I just don't like prayer meetings. Church, what do you think we're going to be doing for eternity? Oh, I don't like sitting there worshiping. Man, I didn't like that song. What do you think we're going to be doing for eternity? Now, I, you know, I just don't like prayer. Prayer is kind of boring. Listen, church, communicating with the living God is what we should be desiring to do for the rest of our lives. Amen? If we can't desire to be in church, if we can't desire to do the things that God, God has gave us the ability to do, I'm telling you, church, come on. You know, what in the world do you think the, uh, the eternity is going to look like? Hmm? We, we need to jump into that place. We need to get rid of that garment. Take off that garment of the world. Amen? Allow his garment to come back on. I'm telling you, it'll change you. I'm telling you, it will change you. It says, know ye not that so many of us were baptized or fully immersed in Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so are we also should walk in the newness of life. See, many of us, I think, we're, we're ignorant in the fact that we're, that we're lacking knowledge, I guess we should say, that we're fully immersed in Christ. Amen? We think it's just we got the, got the ticket to get out of hell. Amen? But we're fully immersed in Christ. And if you're fully immersed in him, that means, that means he consumes everything of you. If you're fully immersed in him, listen, you're fully immersed in his death. If you're fully immersed in him, you're fully immersed in his death. If you become in union with him, you die just that he died. You have died just how he died. You say, what did Jesus die to? The dominion of this world. From the temptation of sin. These are the things that he, is, that he has died from. Amen? You see, many of, see, most of the church, you know, you can look at some of these studies. I can't remember the name of that group there in the States that, that does a lot of these uh, studies on the church. But, but there, there's one study that shows that the, that the church... Now not, now, not, you know, faith churches like this one, you know, but, but a lot of the church as a whole, the body of Christ as a whole, the divorce rate in the churches is almost as high as the secular world. And I'm telling you, that, that's insane. That's absolutely insane. You say, but why is that? Because they haven't come to this realization that they've died to the things of the world. That they've died to those things. Those things don't exist anymore. You can't live in something that you're dead to. Those, those, things, those things are dead. 
Amen. So what happens? Oh, we, it's normal to do this. You know, all the movie stars do it. Well, you know, we'll just do it. You know, they made me unhappy. I'll, I'll just do it. They, they didn't perform like I thought they did. I'll just walk away from it. I'm telling you, church, that, that, that's, we're, we're dead to those things. We're dead to that type of lifestyle. Amen. I'm telling you, as a man and, and some of these other, other men, you know, people have been in leadership in, in their life as a man, I, I'm telling you, you know, it's, it's amazing. You can, you can be walking, walking to doing your normal business, and, and there, 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 is, there, there, there are people out there that, are, that have some spirit of, of an immoral sexuality that I'm telling you, all they try to do is get, is get that person. As soon as you get married, I want that person. Never wanted them before. But, you know, they're married now. now. Now that's the one I want. I want to go grab a hold of that one. Why? Because I can't have it. So that's what I want. Amen. And what happens? We don't know that we're dead to those things. Amen. So what do people yield unto it? People yield unto it. I'm telling you, church, we have to come to this place and know that we are dead. And, you know, my wife, man, she's like a, she's like a hawk when these things come about. I mean, she, she pays attention. She has a great spiritual sense into it. And sometimes she'll, if I'm not paying attention, you know, she may, she may drop a light. Hey, just be, be mindful there, you know. I say, okay, you know, no bother. I, I, ta- I take what she has to say, not, not for granted, but I take a hold of what she has to say. Because why? Because she's jealous for me. I mean, she doesn't want anything to get into that a wedge to get in between us, Amen. But listen, I'll tell you, there is nothing ever going to happen, amen, regarding another woman in our marriage. You say, why is that? Because I'm dead, I'm dead to those things. I'm dead to women. I don't see women in that light. I don't look at women that way. I don't look at it on TV that way. I don't look at it as they're running down the street that way. Why? Because I'm dead to them. I'm dead. See, when I came into union with her, we became one, and when we became one, I'm not going to permit anything to separate or put a wedge in between that relationship. I've died to those things. They don't exist anymore. They, how can I live into something that doesn't even exist anymore? Well, see, the same thing is when we get married with Jesus, when we become one, we become unified with Christ. Listen, church, we can't allow anything to be put into that wedge. We can't, we can't permit anything. Jesus isn't going to permit it. We can't permit Why? Because you're dead to it. They can't exist to you anymore. You're dead to it, church. They, they, can't, they can't exist to it. Listen, church, I'll say this again. You are dead. That person you used to be is dead. There is no tendency to jump into those things anymore. They're dead. Allow them to be buried. Amen. Allow them to be buried and keep your foot on top of that grave. Amen. You, you haven't, we have died to that lifestyle of sin. It doesn't operate on the inside of us anymore. Amen? Don't yield to it anymore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Uh, uh, I'll go ahead and go there. Listen, church. We can, we can be honest with one another. We're close enough, Right? You know, if any of us have, have died, been buried, been resurrected back into life, we, we know with a shadow of a doubt that we are saved, you know, that, we're, that we will be in heaven to be absent from this body. We're going to be present with the Lord. And I'm telling you, if you are still struggling with sin in your life, and I'm not, because listen, church, we, you're dead to these things. They shouldn't have no bind on you anymore. But listen, if you're, if you're struggling with any of these things, I'm going to tell you why it's happening. It's because you've abdicated. You've passed it over. You, the, 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 the goodness of God that he's placed, the newness of life that he's placed on the inside of you, you've abdicated it over to the world. You've chosen to put on that garment. Amen. See, Jesus has given us the authority. He's given us the power. He's even stripped these things out of you. Now, listen, if you decide to walk in these things, because it's your choice. Amen. We've talked about this. Listen, as, the, as Adam's sin was imputed upon each and every one of us from being born in this world, so is, so is Jesus' righteousness whenever he's taken place. Listen, he don't share. You know, just as, that, just as sin was imputed on the inside of you, Jesus has completely made you new by imputing his righteousness on the inside of you. Amen. This, this is something that we need to grab a hold on, church. This, this is who we are. See, people say, oh, you're just trying to get us thinking about sin, and that's just a sin conscious. No, no, church, no. No, I'm trying to tell you who you are. Amen. I'm, I'm trying to get you a righteousness consciousness. I'm not trying to teach you not, not to be. I'm trying to teach you who you are so you can stand against these things. I'm telling you, you're not a sinner. 
you know, yielding into these things, that's not who you are. And we need to begin to walk in these things. You know, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll move forward here. And in, uh, in, in verse 8 here it says, now, now if we be dead unto Christ, we believe that we shall live unto him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For he who has died, he's died unto sin once. But he that lives, he lives unto God. Jesus died to sin to what? To separate his relationship with sin. Amen? Now, I'm not saying Jesus was a sinner. <laughs> no one's saying that. Jesus was the spotless lamb of the Most High God. He, he, he was not a sinner. Amen? But listen, when he died, it freed him from that relationship to sin. Listen, Jesus was tempted in everything that we were tempted in. The Holy Spirit himself led him into the wilderness to get built up with him in the wilderness to what? To where he could prove to Satan that you can't tempt me. You can't tempt me in my pride. You can't tempt me with provision. You can't tempt me, you know, with the calling that God's placed upon my life. You can't tempt me to doubt who my daddy says I am. You can't tempt me to do those things. I got the word, and I'm going to speak the word to you. But see, the Bible says it was a temptation to him. Why? Because he was living in this world just like us. He had to go through the same things we do. Why? So he could prove himself to be perfect. Amen? You know, Hebrews 4.15 says, we don't have a high priest that's unable to sympathize with our infirmities or our weaknesses. He says, but, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Yet without sin. I'm telling you, Jesus knows the things that we're going through. He, know, he knows the things that are tempting you. But listen, he died so it could be separated. Why? So he could plant that body like we talked about in communion. And you could now die to those things where you don't have to live to it either. You could be completely separated from that seed of sin, from that, from that body of sin. You say, ah, oh, Chad. Man, I don't know about that, Pastor. That was Jesus. I don't know about us. Well, we'll, we'll follow on down to the next verse in, in verse 11. It says, likewise, reckon who? You? Yeah. Or likewise, reckon you, also yourselves, to be dead indeed into sin, but alive unto God through Christ our Lord. Likewise, reckon also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but what? But alive unto God through Jesus our Lord. I'm telling you, that's powerful. That is some powerful stuff right there. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. I like, I like how it says this in, uh, in uh, the Amplified here. It says, let not sin therefore reign as a king in your mortal body that you may obey in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments unto unrighteousness or sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. For your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. That's a mouthful. Now remember, church, why are we teaching these truths? Why are we teaching all these truths? Amen. It's not because I know some secret sins that you're doing. Amen. I don't look at you that way. Amen. It's not, it's not because I know some of these things that are taking place. Remember, we're correcting a foundation. Amen. To where we can clearly see through the lenses of Jesus and become who he has called us to be. Who he has made us to be. We can begin to operate who he has recreated us to be, amen? And let me finish off with this verse here. It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Listen to this on the Passion. It says, remember this. This is powerful here. Remember this. Sin will not conquer you, for God already has. You are not governed by, by law, but governed by the reign of grace of God. Remember this, sin can't conquer you. Sin can't conquer you because God already has. Listen, church, we don't need to be living in fear of being conquered by sin. We don't need to live in fear of being submitted unto the things of sin. If you've fully permitted yourselves to be immersed, if you fully have permitted yourself to be conquered by Jesus, amen, you'll put them on in everything you do. These things won't live on the inside of you. Amen? The curse... The curse and the condemnation of the law hmm, has no power over us because the grace of God has empowered us to live a life in Christ as we've been united in Christ, welded in Christ, made one in perfection with Christ. Amen?
I'm telling you, church, this is good news. Amen. This is good news. I don't like it when you talk about sin. I don't like it when people sin. I don't like it when people get, get let something to come in between them and God. Amen. But we got to understand that we are dead into these things. I'm telling you, that, that's, that's probably the best message we've preached all year long. Amen. That, we're, that you're dead to sin. You don't have to live in that rubbish anymore. You're dead to it. But you got to know you're dead to it. You got to know you're dead to it. You got to know that, that it can't conquer you. Jesus has already conquered you. Amen. Say that sin, uh, sin can't conquer me. Say it again. Sin can't conquer me. Say it. Sin can't conquer me. Because Jesus already has. Because Jesus has. Because Jesus has conquered me. And if I am in Christ, there is no condemnation. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your mercy. But Lord, we thank you, Lord, for providing us a death. Lord, sowing your body, sowing yourself into the ground so you could be resurrected in life, producing an amazing harvest here on this earth, Lord, starting in this room. Lord, we don't have to live a lifestyle of sin. We don't have to live. We don't have to participate with, those, with the things of who we were in the past. That man, that woman is absolutely dead, Lord, and we glorify you for it. We thank you, Lord, Lord, that we can walk in righteousness. We can walk in power. We can walk as children of the living God. Not, 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 not in heaven, not, not a thousand years from now, but, but right now, this day. Today, we can walk as your children, full of power, mercy, grace, and love full of you, full of you in everything that we do. Lord, we glorify you for it. We thank you for it, Lord. We adore you for it. Mm. Lord, we thank you, Lord, as, a, as it is a tradition of this church, where we, we grab a hold of your word. We take a hold of Psalms 91. It says, no evil will befall us. Neither shall any plague come and nigh our dwelling place, Lord, for we are your children. These things cannot harm us because we're your children. We, we, we are resting in the secret place of the Most High. Lord, we are so in union with you, Lord, that nothing can come and penetrate that. Nothing can come and this is, this is a safe place with you. Anywhere we go, we are the victor as we walk in you. Lord, everything that we do, Lord, anything we put our hands to, Lord, it, it prospers, Lord, because we are led by you. We don't do anything on our own behalf anymore, Lord. We, we only walk as you have designed us to. We thank you for that, Lord. We glorify you for it, Lord. We thank you for the job that you place in each and every one of our hands, Lord. Lord, we thank you that we are a blessing to that place. So we look for opportunities, Lord, to, to, to show people why we are so good at what we do, why we have great ideas, why we're blessed in everything that we do, Lord, because of you. Because being anointed, being blessed, being made one with you. Lord, thank you for those opportunities, Lord, to, to change the world around us. Thank you so much for trusting us with that. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for the fire that's been imparted upon this church, Lord. I thank you for each and every one that you've called to this place, Lord. Hi-ya. We walk out of here, Lord, in faith and love towards you, in love towards one another. Thank you for our church. Thank you for the ambassadors of Christ you've made each and every one of us to be, Lord. Thank you, Lord, here. That island church, we are covered by your blood. We're empowered by your word. And we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town, and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.